Security Council Report, October 2023 Monthly Forecast. The UN Security Council and Regional Organizations, a brief exploration of Chapter 8. The importance of Chapter 8 today. The Secretary-General's new agenda for peace calls for strong partnerships between the UN and regional frameworks as part of networked multilateralism. Current geopolitical shifts make it imperative to reflect on how such partnerships should function, how the Security Council and regional organizations relate to each other in the maintenance of international peace and security. This is especially important in assessing how and when the Council must be involved with regional arrangements, including peace and enforcement operations. Regional arrangements or agencies have an explicit role under Chapter 8 of the UN Charter in dealing with matters relating to the maintenance of international peace and security as are appropriate for regional action, subject to certain caveats. While the Security Council's primary responsibility and superior enforcement role are strongly enshrined in Chapters 5 to 7 of the Charter, the Council itself has a mixed record in interpreting the provisions of the UN Charter, however. Shifting approaches to Chapter 8. Analysts have called Chapter 8 an ambivalent compromise. The text reflects the divisions at the time of its drafting between universalists who were determined that the new organization should not be undermined by regional organizations acting in the same sphere, and regionalists who wanted regional organizations to keep a role in maintaining international peace and security. In practice, the Council has taken an a la carte approach to regional organizations, variously cooperating with them, deferring to them, or asserting its own primacy, depending on the prevailing politics and the issue at hand. Between 1948 and 1982, powerful council members amplified the roles of regional organizations in which they exercised significant influence, or turned to these organizations to legitimize the action they wanted to take, bypassing the council. With the end of the Cold War, the Secretary-General and member states approached regional organizations with renewed vigor, exemplified by the Secretary-General's 1992 Agenda for Peace, in which then-Secretary-General Boutros boutros noted that regional action as a matter of decentralization, delegation, and cooperation with UN efforts could not only lighten the burden of the Council, but also contribute to a deeper sense of participation, consensus, and democratization in international affairs. In January 1993, the Secretary-General invited regional organizations to improve coordination with the UN. The Security Council adopted its first resolution on the UN and regional organizations in 2005, infused with the intention to strengthen the interaction and cooperation with these organizations in maintaining international peace and security. It also reiterated the obligation of international organizations under Article 54 of the Charter to keep the Council fully informed of their activities for the maintenance of international peace and security. Enhanced interaction with regional organizations. By this time, Council meetings focusing on regional organizations were starting to take hold. An April 2003 debate featuring a briefing by then-Secretary-General Kofi Annan, 
began a practice that has endured over the past two decades, a frequent interaction between the Council and regional arrangements. Annual consultative meetings with the African Union Peace and Security Council have been convened since 2007. Debates, briefings and other meetings on cooperation with a host of regional organizations, including the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, ASEAN, the AU, the European Union, the League of Arab States, LAS, and the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, OSCE, among others, are now the norm. Council decisions encouraging regular interaction with regional organizations and requesting the UN Secretary General to report on the relationship between the UN and these organizations have prompted a number of these meetings. At times, elected members have also chosen to focus on the relationship between the UN and an organization from their region in signature events during their monthly presidencies. What led to these enhanced interactions? The answer may lie in the Council's July 2004 presidential statement on cooperation between the UN and regional organizations in stabilization processes. It noted that effectively addressing the numerous conflict situations confronting the international community would require an increased level of cooperation with regional organizations where appropriate. In short, the Council recognized that it was overburdened. Notwithstanding the increased activity, the nature of the Council's engagement with regional organizations and their effectiveness in maintaining international peace and security varies greatly, depending on the issue and the regional organization. The most developed relationship is with the AU, in line with the multiple situations in Africa on the Council's agenda. However, even this relationship continues to face challenges in terms of burden-sharing, coordination, and differing perceptions of roles and responsibilities. Interpreting Chapter 8, Enforcement Action and Peaceful Settlement The ambivalently qualified entry point of Chapter 8, nothing in the present Charter precludes the existence of regional arrangements for dealing with such matters related to the maintenance of international peace and security, goes on to specify that these matters must be appropriate for regional action, and that the arrangements, agencies, and their action must be consistent with the purposes and principles of the United Nations. This opening article, Article 52, while encouraging regional organizations in the Pacific settlement of local disputes, adds that nothing in this article impairs the application of Articles 34 and 35 of the Charter, respectively on the Council's investigation of any dispute or any situation which might lead to international friction or give rise to a dispute, and the right of any member state to bring such situations to the attention of the Security Council or of the General Assembly. Article 53 of the Charter refers to the Council utilizing regional arrangements for enforcement actions under its authority, going on to say that no enforcement action shall be taken under regional arrangements without the authorization of the Security Council. Following the military coup in Niger in July, the Economic Community of West African States, 
ECOWAS threatened to take all necessary means, including the use of force, to restore democratic rule in Niger. If ECOWAS intervenes militarily in this situation, under Article 8, the Council would, by the strict letter of the UN Charter, need to authorize this action. The Council has at times tacitly authorized operations, or acknowledged them belatedly, including insofar as the AU and ECOWAS forces are concerned. For example, the Council adopted Resolution 788 in November 1992, commending the efforts of ECOWAS to restore peace, security, and stability in Liberia more than two years after the sub-regional organization's force in the country, that is, the Economic Community of West African States Monitoring Group, or ECOMOG, had been deployed. Some members have insisted that the Council should not address conflict situations while the relevant regional organization is engaged, as African members have argued in the case of Tigray, or that the regional organization should lead ASEAN in the case of Myanmar. On the other hand, others contend that the Council is not doing its job in the face of prolonged crises that regional arrangements appear unable to resolve. The Primacy of the Council Dog Hammarskjöld, speaking in 1954, emphasized that where resort to regional arrangements is chosen in the first instance, that choice should not be permitted to cast any doubt on the ultimate responsibility of the UN. The UN Charter and the practice of the Council confirm that the Security Council has the authority to act at any time in respect of any dispute, including issues that are also under consideration in regional arrangements and organizations. The Council's 2004 presidential statement underlined its own primacy over regional arrangements, as also evident from Articles 24 and 103 of the Charter. It remains up to the Council to determine which matters it discusses, addresses, investigates, or delegates to a regional or sub-regional organization. As part of the Council's authority and accountability, it can decide whether matter is appropriate for regional action within the meaning of Article 52 of the UN Charter, and again, whether it wishes to rely on regional arrangements for enforcement action under its own authority pursuant to Article 53. While the Council can delegate authority in any particular case, it cannot ignore its primary responsibility for international peace and security. Article 54 says that the Security Council shall at all times be kept fully informed of activities undertaken or in contemplation under regional arrangements or by regional agencies for the maintenance of international peace and security. The Council has at times imposed specific reporting obligations on regional arrangements or coalitions, for example, in the cases of Afghanistan, S-Resolution 1510, Libya, S-Resolution 1973, and Iraq, S-Resolution 678. Conclusion at the Charter's drafting, the question of whether regional arrangements should be able to use force on their own initiative 
has been described as the most important issue in the argument concerning the political order of the post-war period. Some states feared that local arrangements might degenerate into simple aggressive alliances, incompatible with the aims and policies of the contemplated world organization. There is little doubt that regional organizations capable of preventing, deterring, or responding to armed conflict in particular would be invaluable in supporting the Security Council in its task of maintaining international peace and security. But for this to become reality, there needs to be greater coordination between the Council and the regional arrangements in addressing potential and current conflicts. Having a regular cycle for meetings with other regional organizations, such as the LAS and ASEAN, could allow for more substantive discussions and a greater focus on specific country situations. With the October meeting of the Council and the AUPSC, as well as this year's possible draft resolution on the financing of AU-led peace operations, the coming months present a singular opportunity to reflect on the deepening of partnerships between the Security Council and regional organizations.